0: Welcome to In the Name of Game. Welcome once again to In the Name of Game, a video game podcast. Today is the 12th of July, 2012.
1: And welcome again to In the Name of Game. Uh, we're back with three people, not too bad. I don't know where Adam went. He's Oh, he's probably at Comic-Con this week.
2: Uh bastard. Uh,
1: he needs to get me a sandwich. He needs to get me this fucking sandwich. They're there, By the way, anyone that is going to Comic-Con, um, they will be selling a proper toy of the TF2 sandwich there. So uh, I forgot the name of the company. But you guys are all intelligent and can you use Google so you can figure it out. You
0: know, you know one of our friends made an edible copy of that, right?
1: Well, I mean, I want one that won't go bad.
0: <laughs> one that won't be eatable. Iggy, you don't understand it was edible.
1: I mean, it, yeah, you can make a sandwich. I'm, <laughs> I know you can. What, <laughs> what? Oh my
0: gosh. This conversation's going nowhere. Okay.
1: That, Who I, are you, you anyway? Say Who say are something. we? We're just working just say something clever. Away. Okay, fine. I'm your host, Iggy.
0: <laughs> I'm your co-host, David. And I'm the co-host Dean cantaloupe, Colin.
1: Stop, stop eating the cantaloupe. <laughs> no one wants to hear you go... Yeah. <laughs> It's
0: I, su- t- I
2: second that emotion. <laughs> All right, here we go, <laughs> mute. Mm.
1: Okay, anyway, so we got some interesting topics to talk about this week. Um, there are a lot of movie-related topics, actually, which is yeah. kind of funny. Maybe we should get those out of the way first, huh? Okay. They're, they're nice little tidbits. So basically, uh, first off, and I think this is stupid, they're making a uh, Need for Speed movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, as I was, no
2: saying, need for a need for speed. Yes, there's no need. No need for speed.
1: No need for it, speed. That's what it would be called, and <laughs> it'll probably have Vin Diesel in it yeah. because it's fucking Fast and the Furious. Okay. Yeah.
0: Is that's it awesome. going to be Fast and the Furious: Tokyo Drift?
1: Mm, well, I, I think, think we can
0: all be. agree that out of the entire uh, Fast and the Furious canon, that was the best one.
1: <laughs> I didn't see any of that. I think I saw a little bit of that one just because it was on TV.
0: It's hilarious. You should watch it sometime. Uh,
1: I mean, what?
0: Nothing.
1: <laughs> anyway, so they're they're going to be doing a Need for Speed movie. There's no real details on it right now. Um, it will be directed by ex-stunt man Scott Wog, huh.
2: who on cool. joy-
1: in the joystick article it says whose last name sounds like the noise a person would make while performing stunts.
2: <laughs> Wog. <laughs>
1: So anyway, but yeah, I I don't, I'm not expecting any big things from that, but more interestingly, uh, there was uh, some news announced for the Assassin's Creed movie, which frankly, I didn't realize needed to be made, but somebody believes that it needs to be made. So uh, Michael Fassbender, for some reason, has been attached to this movie. Now they say he's going to be a lead. They haven't specified, of course, what character, but I mean, come on. If you're making it anything related to the games, how many leads really are there? (laughs) I mean, is he going to be Desmond? (laughs) But he doesn't really look like like an
0: Altair character.
1: Well, he doesn't look like Altair either.
0: A little bit. More than he does Desmond.
1: Uh, Well, no. Altair is. (laughs) They use the same fucking face.
0: They do.
1: Yeah, the same scar. So it's like if he doesn't look like one, he's not going to look like the other. He's
0: going to look like him. He's
1: not going to look like Ezio either. They all look the same. So I I don't know. I I like him as an actor. I just think he's probably miscast, or somebody's like got a hard on for him after seeing Prometheus or. X-Men First Class?
2: Yeah, he's popular and he's attractive. So he's <laughs> going to be,
0: he will be cast.
1: Yes, he is. I
0: do he just cast me on both those things. But, ah, uh, uh, <laughs> <pretty
1: much. laughs> uh, pass. Now, anyway, so the, the interesting thing, though, about this movie adaptation is that uh, apparently Ubisoft is going to try to go it alone for this as opposed to getting a, you know, traditional movie studio to do it. I think they're actually trying to... Either they're starting up their own film studio or kind of working in conjunction with like a a non-traditional one because they remembered what happened when they did the Prince of Persia movie (laughs) a while back and it (laughs) did not go very well. Uh, Um, So they want more creative control essentially uh, by doing it this way, which I have no problem with. I mean, if they get a good director... And they have more control over story, characters, that kind of thing. It might end up being better, you know. It won't yeah. be like the other end of the spectrum, like Super Mario Brothers or something, where uh, it's like very little to do. with Hey, we talked about. I just had to jab at it. Yeah. I just.
0: What I just, is? Why do you hate it so much?
1: Because it was stupid. So it it wasn't that awesome. bad. <laughs> oh, you know what, you're saying that because you haven't seen it a, in it a while and it, there's been I saw it like so. two years
0: ago at work. Yeah. They are closing <laughs> down the video section of our store And we put on random movies One of the managers picked that, we stood there and watched it
1: Is it some weird nostalgia cult thing then? Because even as a kid when I saw it, I was like, what the fuck is this?
2: When I was yes. a kid and I saw it, I hated it But as an adult, I enjoyed it So yeah.
1: it's, it has some weird metamorphosis as you get older Like it turns yeah. into like a...
2: A cool movie. <laughs> awesome. I I hated it when I was little because it wasn't the game, and I wanted the game. And then, but as an older person, I was like, "Wow, this is like a just crazy, trippy movie."
1: I guess I don't Pretty know. Pretty much. I still didn't like it.
2: Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, I like terrible. that
1: Luigi wasn't totally shitty.
2: You're entitled to your opinion of hate. <laughs> so.
0: What? It's a shitty oh, opinion. Man. <laughs> it's, a <I've>, <laughs> it's a shitty opinion. shitty opinion, but an I've opinion you nonetheless. I've
1: like, so many things, uh-huh. Sonic and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, <I agree>. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Anyway, so yeah, Assassin's Creed with Michael, Michael Fassbender. Uh have no idea what they're going <laughs> to do with that. There is also the uh, running rumor about... Well, I guess it's not technically a rumor because they did announce it, but it's probably going to be in production hell for the Mass Effect movie. Oh, uh, I don't know if we. They have a like shitty that.
2: ending.
0: <laughs> Ooh. <laughs>
1: well, even if they do a movie, they're probably not going to do like the entire series. They're probably going to do like some kind of adaptation of the the first game, which had an uh, ending, in my opinion. Um, but it's also going to be shitty because it's like, why would you make any kind of film or product off of? Uh, a game where there's so many different ways the character
0: Yeah it's stupid. Like, I, was just, I was just gonna ask him like, I was gonna ask, does Rex die in this movie?
1: Yeah, like let's see who's gonna yeah. die. They're probably gonna kill Caden off is gonna piss me off, or he'll just never be there to begin with. They're gonna probably kill Rex off. They're gonna it's gonna be a male shepherd, and it's gonna probably have a lot of really annoying things and maybe a shepherd. lot of TNA. Well Shepherd. Here's some of that, huh? Shepherd.
0: Shepard. <laughs> shepherd. shepherd.
1: <laughs> he doesn't sound like Rex, he just sounds like I don't know when shepherd. you do that. <laughs> uh, yeah so i have no idea who would even be directing it it's very loosely uh discussed at this point which you know is it's been discussed about as much as the mellow your solid movie which that's definitely in some kind of development hell so there's a lot of these movies they just never make it past the point where someone goes hey that'd be cool if we made a movie of it you know yeah, he won't you must you're solid because it already hits a movie.
0: going to say? And they're like, a, and they're like an hour and a half movie at the end of MGS4. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. like
1: little, you have old man fight out, and then you watch like 40 minutes of cutscenes. Why didn't
0: Kojima just make movies? They should just take. They should just take Kojima's company, and or have Kojima make a company like like Square did, and just make a movie. What? You know? How yeah. well
1: that worked out for Square?
2: Well,
0: yeah. maybe, <laughs> this is the worst idea. This time will be so <laughs> shitty.
1: I'm not saying the movie was, was. We discussed *Within* before, but like, uh, I, I don't think that would be a very financially wise move. It's a little risky. Um, but Unless yes,
2: it's like Marvel. They make a shit zillion dollars. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's too much of a variable. Like, it could either be super amazing or it could super bomb because <laughs> the general public knows, you know, not gamers knows <laughs> nothing about *Metal Gear Solid*. Yeah. You know, so sure. um, but interesting uh, uh, aside to that, when you mentioned uh, directors and stuff, like they for the remake of Metal or Solid One, you know the the Twin Snakes that they okay. had on GameCube, uh, they did get a director. Was it like a Hong Kong director or somebody that did like action movies? You know, uh, not here in uh, either Japan or somewhere in Asia.
2: Okay. Uh, Stephen
1: Chow. No, no, I don't think it was. <laughs> they got they got this guy to direct the cutscenes for the remake on the GameCube. So oh. technically the same story happens, but of course, whenever there's a fight, it's going to have these fancy, like matrix, like camera movements and stuff. If you, if you haven't played it, it it's a good game. I mean, it's, you know, Melior's solid one basically, but, uh, especially when there's ever a ninja fight or something, it just, <laughs> there's like 10 extra minutes of just people shooting each other and running around, you know, fancy shit. Um, so yeah, already a movie. Um, so okay, so that's movie adaptations out of the way. <laughs> Yay! Um, uh, David had something you wanted to. Uh,
2: Let me yes. guess. Retro games. Yes, of course. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, for retro people, uh, there's two pieces of news. One is small. One is big. Or or both are small, depending on if you, <laughs> depending on how excited you are by this. So she uh, said. Um, Ah, uh, Jesus. <laughs> really? Still? <laughs> I, just,
1: I, I just knew you'd get so mad.
2: <laughs> well, not anymore. I mean, it's you're just embarrassing yourself no, now.
1: No, no, it, it, so. it, was, it was appropriate. Okay, it was go hilarious.
2: ahead. <laughs> My joke was hilarious, don't worry. Okay.
1: So, <laughs> uh-huh. small. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, so, uh, for... I mean, it's strange, like... I thought that this was the worst game in the world but apparently there's a huge following for that whole Knights series. Remember Knights? Oh, like yeah. Knights. Oh Nights and Dreams? I thought it was lame, but like <laughs> apparently it's got a huge following and uh, so Sega is re releasing a like an update on uh, PSN and Xbox Live uh, finally, I guess like fans have been waiting for it and uh, cool. so uh, coming to both to both download platforms, Knights uh, is coming back. So this is a long-awaited announcement from Sega. And then, wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait.
1: Uh, hmm? So is it is it just a re-release, or they're actually making a new
2: one? I'm not sure. No, it's not a new one. It's it's going to be the original game. It's going to uh,
1: okay. be HD or something.
2: Uh, yeah, yep. Like the one that was on Saturn, basically. Hmm. Basically. So, uh, so yeah, that's great. And then, um, so for uh, for. Sonic ophiles like myself, I've. Uh, I, it's funny. I would, I've been talking with people about like, my like, God, why doesn't you know why doesn't Sega release like an art of you know Sonic games book? You know what I mean? Like, um, like they. Oh, do this is other the one I games. sent to you on Facebook. Oh, did you?
1: I sent you a link to it. Okay, continue. sorry. It?
2: If you did this, that was not how I discovered this.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: But, uh, but yeah, this is the, uh, great news. So, Sega, um, now, you know, probably, I'm sure, in reaction to the current ongoing, seemingly ongoing 20th anniversary of Sonic, uh, they are releasing a, like, complete history of Sonic book um, that's going to be coming out in the fall. And... Uh, it looks amazing like there's there's on you can go to Sega's blog and they have like a thing about it on there and they've got like a few pages uh, in progress that are they're working on and looks it's gonna be super great have, like concept
1: Just, art and stuff too right
2: yeah yeah the uh, I mean it's probably gonna be similar to like when Capcom released that art of Mega Man book uh-huh. and, uh, it was like a complete history of Mega Man and it had like interviews with the creators and Did you buy it yeah I have it and it's fantastic. And, uh, so I'm sure it'll be similar to that. Um,
1: so w- when does this come out?
2: Uh, it looks like it's, they haven't, don't have an exact day yet, but it looks like October. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, they haven't really, you know, said anything. But apparently you can pre-order it on Amazon right now. But, uh, even on Amazon, they, like, don't give a date. They're just like, oh, it's gonna be, you know, we'll let you know when it comes out. Hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I would say for anybody who's interested, check it out on, uh, Sega's blog, um, it's pretty cool looking, so... So you said it's,
0: it's Sonic's entire history?
2: Yeah, it's going to be like So what every- you're telling me is that you could basically cut out 80, 80, 80% <laughs> of the last part? You can burn the middle section if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so... You just yeah,
0: rip out the, the classic up to 1995 and that's all I'll need. That's it. No, You'd be
2: missing out on some good <laughs> shit at the end, too. So.
0: You, know, you were talking about Nights in the Dreams being released, re-released on uh, all, the, all the modern consoles.
2: Yeah.
0: I recently found out that one of my favorite games, uh, Jet Set Radio, I can't remember if it was JSR or JSRF, is being re-released on uh, X-Blah, um, PSN. And and this was this was a surprising part. It's going to be released on Steam as well, which is really exciting. Nice. It's supposed to be an HD remake of, I think JSRF, which would be super fucking sweet because it's one of my favorite games. Huh? Yeah. Hmm.
2: Hey, speaking of remakes, so I see like people are making a big deal out of this PC release of Final Fantasy VII. Didn't didn't they already PC release Final Fantasy VII in like yeah. 2000 or something?
1: I I actually I still don't know very much about what the hell this uh, release entails. I'm assuming it's just a further cleaned up version, maybe, of the previous one? Like, guess, what else? Uh, is, without redoing the the art assets themselves, how the hell do you improve
0: it, really? They yeah. could release that game every year the exact same and people would still buy it every year.
2: Well, it's funny because, like, there's a trailer for it and everything, and and the trailer even, you know, like, like, revered by game reviewers, beloved by fans. You know, it's like... Certainly making a big deal out about its about its history, but then like all the stuff that they show in this trailer is just like okay, that's the old PC version. Like what's the freaking deal? What's the big deal? So I don't understand. Yeah. My
0: God. (laughs) What? Right? All fantasy fans. Ugh.
1: Well, you know, it used to be a good series. So used to. It just needs to be one
2: again. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys not think that Final Fantasy X was good?
1: No, 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 no. I think that's fine. I'm just saying the current uh, oh, yeah. bunch of them have certainly have been falling 11, off.
2: 11, 13 pieces of shit. No, sheet. no, no, no,
1: no, no. 11, 11, don't, don't do that.
0: <laughs> oh here we go. <laughs> actually, no,
1: actually, okay, I take that back. 11, because it was this constantly uh, morphing and evolving thing, used to be awesome. And then they took it all the way to the extreme for fucking casuals by making it way too easy to level up and access places and stuff. So, essentially, I spent, like, seven years playing a game. And the last year, when I quit, they, like, raised the level cap and made it way too easy to do things and made everything, like, mostly end game And it's very not user-friendly so, anymore. So, basically,
0: <laughs> it's every MMO ever.
1: Yeah, well, it, it took, like, an extreme <laughs> leap towards, you know... Being desperate to get new new blood, essentially, yeah. but ironically, it's not very newbie friendly because a lot of people in there are kind of like elitists at this point. Like, oh, if you don't have the best gear, we're not going to invite you to the party. So,
0: <laughs> funny, right? you know. That sounds about that sounds like WoW and maybe <clears> two <throat> ago.
1: Yeah, so uh, that it used to be good, but yeah, just like everything else,
0: people still playing that game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Crazy. man, I didn't even know the servers were still on. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, they're still doing pretty decently. They actually have; it's either rumored or announced at this point they will have another expansion pack. So with wow. story, Jesus and, Christ. one thing I got a hand to uh, Final Fantasy XI though is that uh, when they do an expansion, they have a, usually a really good story. Now the catch is being able to find enough people to the, to do the missions with to actually get access to you know subsequent pieces of the story. <laughs> but if you can, the stories are usually great. Um, cool. I don't know much about WoW's storylines, like, if if they if the expansion they totally stories were good or not.
0: They totally fucked it up. Really? Yeah, I mean, I didn't follow Warcraft before I started playing WoW, but, you know, when I played WoW, the first WoW, you know, vanilla WoW, I read back to, like, Warcraft 3. I mean, the story's <laughs> okay. You know, it's not that, you know, it's nothing nothing really that special. It's pretty much Warhammer. I mean, if you know Warhammer well enough, it's pretty much the exact same thing. They built it off that universe. But, like, there's. As it went on, like Burning Crusade was okay, but like Wrath of the Lich King was just like it's ba- it's basically just like the big bad and his little mooks or whatever those those little dudes are called, you know. Mm-hmm. Blizzard Blizzard's pretty bad at uh, stories. No, they're, they're, uh, their 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 stories okay, but their nemesis are really bad. Their yeah. nemesis are really bad. <laughs> they have like <laughs> they're basically just big bads. It's all they are.
1: Yeah, I was watching actually uh, when oh, when my uh, boyfriend had been playing Diablo three. <laughs> we're gonna get bombed in a second uh (laughs) stupid airplane Uh, um when uh, he was playing diablo 3 the story um i was kind of paying attention and uh i was not super impressed (laughs) by the kind of bad guys like everybody all the bosses are just like oh here comes a boss because he's really huge and he's very imposing sounding but they all are essentially the same kind of guy
0: that's pretty much it
1: it's a little disappointing that there's not more variety what i liked about 11 stories were that uh, the bad guys were usually very different like you actually had one bad guy in particular for um i think it was the treasures of art or or whatever expansion where he ended up not being a bad guy at the end like he did kind of like a role reversal thing and that was really cool and he wasn't a stereotypical type um, but yeah, that's kind of few and far between for a lot of these MMOs. Like they kind of do like a cookie cutter thing, where it's like, hey, we know this works, so we'll make another expansion that does some more of this, and gets rid of some more of the stuff that people hated. <laughs> so yeah, essentially. Um, what are you playing hmm? with ice? What is that? No, sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're practicing your crap game? Like what?
2: <laughs> I'm at the tables right now. At the tables. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that. I'm really up to I'm okay, very episode,
1: uh, you remember that episode of Batman animated series where he's pretending to like be what is it, what's his name like Sticky Fingers McGee or some shit like... what? <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> no Batman is is dressed up like okay. some some street thug right and he's uh, trying to play craps it was one of like the season one or something and he's like blowing on the dice and tossed it against the wall and stuff he's like hey you got you guys know about who the crime boss is in this area kind of thing like trying to <laughs> trying to fit in with like the the criminal types over there
0: i thought bruce wayne would be a little smarter than that
1: well i mean it works because a lot of those characters were very like exaggerated in the cartoon so, like, even though if you heard his accent, it sounded obnoxious, the people he was talking to also sounded like that. So, technically, in that world, it worked. It's, <laughs> it was just really funny because you'd, you'd hear Kevin Conroy's voice going all, like, fake, like, Brooklyn accent to sound like a, a mobster. Nice. Gotham. Um, but, yeah, sorry. distracted <laughs> me. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's... That's some pretty cool stuff, though, the the art of, or history of Sonic. Because uh, I saw that. I sent it to you on Facebook, but you must have already known about it.
2: Uh, <laughs> I already know about I already it. already know. Or you just
0: ignored it. it. <laughs> What's this? What was um, this? Did you, psh, get out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, here's a, a funny little thing. It's, it's just a kind of a, a mini tidbit. Uh, you know, everybody hates Cheaters. Uh, in video games, and other other places now that they think about it. Uh, But most of the time, a lot of these companies have a a difficult time figuring out what to do with cheaters. Like, how to quarantine them, or ban them, or whatever. Uh, Rockstar has developed a very interesting idea, a very unique idea, that they will be uh, launching this week for Max Payne 3. Now, apparently, I don't know if it's exploits or whatever, because... Frankly, I played some multiplayer for Max Payne 3 and then I just stopped because I got a little disinterested after a while. Um, But there's a shitload of cheaters that are floating around. So Rockstar's technique for dealing with these guys is creating what they're calling a cheater pool. So basically, anyone confirmed to be using hacked saves, modded games, or any kind of cheats whatsoever to give themselves advantages will be placed into this quarantine where they can only play with uh, other cheaters where they can't (laughs) take advantage of any honest gamers, which is a very interesting (laughs) approach because you're you're essentially uh, forcing them to all be in a room and cheat with one another. So I'm sure they'll, you know, it's a good way of showing them like, hey, yeah, you like that? Huh? Huh? (laughs) This is what it's like, you jerks. I mean, it could work both ways. Some people might actually like it, but then other people, maybe they'll learn their lesson. I'm not sure... um, how long
2: either way, it's good because it gets rid of them.
1: Yeah, so. it gets rid of them. That's, that's the best part, but I don't know how long they stay in that pool for. That's not really what they've discussed yet, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's unique. it's creative, and uh, not a lot of companies deal go, go that far. Most of them will just ban and then
2: or ignore them.
1: <laughs> well, I mean most I'm trying to think of one that doesn't. Most multiplayer games will have some kind of uh, cheater control system most of the time. Maybe it doesn't work great, but they'll have something where they give you a warning and they ban you or something like that. Right or on. People can report you, whatever. But this is unusual, so I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> so if anybody's cheating in Max Payne 3, you better...
2: <laughs> better stop.
1: Better stop. Better gonna...
2: call it out, you guys. <laughs> right on. So there's that. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. um... In other creative news, actually, uh, Valve this week has uh, made their Source Filmmaker open beta, so anybody can download it and try it now, and I'm already seeing a huge influx of uh, uh, TF2 videos. So basically, what they're including in Source Filmmaker to kind of get you started is access to all the TF2 assets, like um, uh, HD versions of the models, you know, the ones that they use for the Meet the Class videos. As well as I think the Meet the Heavy video and maybe at least assets from the Meet the Engineer one. Nice. Uh, not the other ones, although you can. Uh, people have been able to use um, the medic, like you know that that medic model from Meet the Medic where he's got like the shirt, like it's not his normal attire.
0: So, mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, people have already made funny things. The number one thing that people seem to love to do with the Source filmmaker is find a clip from a movie. <laughs> And animate all the TF2 people to the clip. Like 90% of what I've seen so far is that. The other 10% is people just using the Meet the Heavy video and doing something really fucking bizarre with it. Like having crazy faces in the background or something like that.
2: And then the other other thing that we oh, yeah. do with it. And then... <laughs> then, like, and then the like, other 100% what we'll, of people what, are...
1: will we'll actually become the 100% uh, is, is something that... Uh, just proves once again that rule of the internet: if there is something, there will be a porn made of it.
2: <laughs> if the, if there exists an anything, there will be a porn of it. <laughs> <the rule> <laughs> That's awesome. Stupid well, rule. Wait, you're
0: telling me that you're telling me that people actually made TF2 porn? What? Yeah, surprise. No way. But, <laughs>
1: The, the kicker this time is that, uh, you know, it's going to be using assets from the game.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be and, even crazier porn.
1: And it's gotten really creepy. Um, as I noticed earlier this week, um, there was a screenshot put up of some dude's progress. And what he did was, you know, he use modded characters and modded creations as well in Source Filmmaker. It's not like it restricts things. So somebody took one of the uh, more well-known uh, female scout <laughs> You can see where this is going. Female scout mods and um, applied it to a scene with a ton of characters. And it turned into a very, very disturbing, like, I don't know if it was consensual or not, but it was essentially what looked like a fucking gang rape shot. Which is really, really troubling.
0: (laughs) Mike, Mike, uh... How the fuck do you pronounce his name? <laughs> Kr- 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 Whatever. Kr- and the other guy, the short bald guy, based you know the two guys who run a the guys who run a penny arcade asked guy. for I think two hundred was it a quarter million dollars? Yep. Like and crap. they and and if they had their quarter million dollars, then they would take the ad off the penny arcade website for a year. All the banner ads, the one banner ad. I shouldn't say all the ads, <laughs> the one banner ad that they have. <laughs> and they in order to do this, they asked for a quarter million dollars on Kickstarter.
1: And because people are fucking stupid, they <laughs> I think they got, well, I'm sure they made their are quota by now. But when I last looked, it had shot to like 100,000 in like an hour <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's, it's it's ridiculous.
2: In New kid. Crazy. So just for a year, so just f- so no ads. Yeah, for a one. quarter million was for a
0: year, and I sat here and I thought about it. I'm like, I don't even think that the big, like, some of the biggest websites, like, I wouldn't sit here and think that the guy who runs Four chan would pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for bandwidth costs. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't see that happening, and I think that he has more data throughput than fucking Penny Arcade does. So I'm wondering, like, where is this $250,000 go? Is a lot of this going to child's play, and they're just not saying it? Is it all this going to bandwidth cost? Are they going to use this to buy hookers and snort coke, you know, coke lines off their ass? Yeah, or they what?
1: don't. I, I don't think uh, they didn't actually say what it's going towards, right?
0: No, they didn't. They just I mean, the said left they're, left go ads, they're going to take the ads yeah. off the site. So that makes me think that it's just going to reimburse what they would lose through not having the ads, you know. But if they make $250,000 off the ad every year. That's absolute insanity. Like, I would keep that up just to make Buku dollars. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, these, I don't know. I think uh, it's a real waste of the Kickstarter, like, idea. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's that's just an abuse. It's a Kickstarter. I mean, this is the, I would call Penny Arcade the webcomic today. It is the webcomic. Everybody looks up to Penny Arcade for when they want a successful business model. It's like... It's like Buckley looks up to Ugh. any arcade and is like, why can't I be like these guys? It's because he's got, well, these guys have talent, a little bit yeah, of Yeah, but he
1: probably yeah. thinks he is on their level,
0: so yeah. <laughs> that's the but difference. I mean, I mean, these guys have an insanely <clears throat> popular website, They have an insanely popular comic. They, they publish books full of their comics. They have a fucking convention. They have two conventions, don't they? Don't they have one in the East and one in the West now? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, they, they do. Two fucking conventions. You're telling me these guys... Like, couldn't find another way to source, you know, a funding source for getting it's very, rid It's It's
1: very weird to me, and it, it just reeks of, like, laziness. Because yeah. it's, I'm sure as creative as they are in coming up with all these other venues and things, they could have figured out an, another way, you know, make shirts or whatever they usually do to, to raise more money. And it's just abusing this crowdsourcing or crowdfunding system. Because it's like, usually, these are for projects, This is not a project. This is funding a website. Yeah. One that already exists. (laughs) A lot
0: of these projects that have been brought up... It's insanely successful. It doesn't only exist, it is insanely successful. Like, it doesn't
1: actually need the funding. You know, when when Double Fine had their Kickstarter, when even when they were trying to do that remake or or, um, re-release of... uh, fucking Leisure Suit Larry, those things like <laughs> they haven't actually been done. They need the money to kind of get the ball rolling. So in yeah. those kind of cases, it makes sense that you have a Kickstarter because a you want to be able to gauge the support that you're going to get for this product, and b you also need the money. So uh, you know it it's totally valid for those reasons. These guys totally feel like they're exploiting the system, and and doing a really unfair job of it. The thing that worries me more is that this could set a precedent for a lot of other. Uh, companies and websites that think like hey we'll just make our revenue or whatever this way and then you'll start to drag down what it means to to have a kickstarter
0: yeah i'm sure at some point we've already done that because there's been that 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 kind of stupid that the idea that this that this young woman had for a game that would include like minorities and shit like that and she made a pretty decent amount of money off of like three Character designs, you know, this was going to be, I think, and I don't know if it was an RPG or an MMO, but it was definitely some sort of role playing game uh-huh. where you would be, um, and like it would be, you would focus on uh, alternative sexualities and characters of color and stuff like that, right? And like <clears throat> this, you know, this was a couple months ago, and I haven't heard anything about it in probably six months, you know, it's just like this woman disappeared off the face of Did the you earth. fund like it? That. Huh? Did you fund it? I know, I'm getting everything on Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and if you remember, you think back a, maybe a, a number of months ago when I was talking about the eight-bit bar that was going to open here in St. Louis. Oh yeah. Well, they ended up not meeting there uh, Oh, that sucks. Uh, for that month. Well, no. no see, let me finish. Now you see, I thought that this, that this, that the project that, the, that these people had started their Kickstarter project because they wanted a little extra money maybe to get off the ground. No, I read afterwards that because they didn't get the money, they're not going to open the business now. So it's like, so basically, these people have. Little to no bit, no little to no experience running a business, and they're asking people not to invest but to donate their money to make a business.
1: No, what that—that's the no. point of it, though. What do you <laughs> What's
0: the point of it? That's no, you, you don't no, understand. No, no. Why? <laughs>
1: why are you surprised? No, you guys,
0: you're gonna no. start. You're gonna start a business, a brick and mortar business. Yes. Why? Should, why? Why should? Why? Why do they expect people to prop up? Their private business venture is what I'm asking.
1: That's that's what the purpose of it is, though. Like, I, I don't get why that. This isn't like this is isn't
0: like, like a, this isn't like an artistic project. This isn't like I'm creating like I'm, I need money like if I wrote a book and I need money to publish it. This isn't like I'm doing that. You know, this is like this is like this is like if I went to Kickstarter and said, guys, I want to make a place that that has land parties all day and nights. It's just a bunch of computers in a room. You know,
1: right?
0: Like, and I didn't get enough money. and Now, what these people are all at their money. No,
1: no, 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 You don't get how, how the Kickstarter works. If they don't meet the goal, they don't keep the money.
0: Yeah. It gets yeah. returned.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, still yeah. why, <laughs> I, I still don't understand why. I still don't understand why. They don't keep the money. So like. I, I, I understand that, but I still don't understand why these, why people who want to start a business are expecting others to prop up their business. Well, say, for example. With donated money. With donated know. money.
1: Uh, That's why you
0: as get as investors.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Uh-huh. Just, just, just stop. For <laughs> say same example Sorry. someone like you or me not making a ton of money say you have I don't know like four thousand dollars or something set aside but clearly it's not enough to really start much of anything so you need these guys to help front you the money so that you can get that off the ground to me it makes I don't have a problem with the fact that if they don't get enough money they don't do it because where they just don't have the money they were hoping for this Kickstarter to help fund them to get their you know, feet off the ground, or their project off the ground, whatever, um, to to get going. I'm sure after that, then that's when people kind of see the fruits of their labor, when this uh, 8-bit bar or whatever is actually up and running. But if if they don't make it, to me at least, it seems totally understandable that they'd be like, well, fuck, we can't make it. I would not recommend them try to still somehow go ahead when they have no money whatsoever and try to, to still make it work, because... First of all, you're probably going to get a really bad product or bar or whatever. And second of all, they might get pushed into, I don't know, having to take loans or something else. That could really screw them financially. So these kind of Kickstarters are really amazing because they can give that almost like a charitable kind of uh, boost to start their business. Now, what I the problem I have with Penny Arcade, though, is that they don't need that boost. So that's the problem I have. Not that, like, oh, uh, uh, if you don't make this money... We're just not going to do it. Like that—that's just the realism of of a lot of those Kickstarter projects. If if I—I I don't know—I won't i wouldn't do this, but like if I had a Kickstarter for like help me fund my animated thesis film because I'm fucking broke and I want to make a really amazing film, blah blah blah. You'll get your name in the credits and whatever. Uh, if people choose to fund that, I mean, honestly, in all these things, it's their business. If if you want to throw your away, away your money for something, you know, it's your right to do it. But um, if I don't get that money and I just have no way to make it, like, what do you expect me to do? I just can't make whatever the project is. Right. So I don't have a problem with that element of it. I do have a problem with people misusing the purpose of, of a Kickstarter or any site that does a similar sort of thing. You get me?
0: I get you. Yeah, I completely but, disagree, but I get you. <laughs> I guess, this, just, I guess it's just because I don't work in a creative field as much as you two do. I mean, I, 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 I don't, I don't understand why. Well, also,
2: what? the other thing about Kickstarter, though, is is sort of what Iggy was touching on a little bit there, is that, and it's and it's one of the only reasons that I'm that I think Kickstarter is okay, is because like the people that create these Kickstarters, it's not so much a, cha- I mean, it's it's like sort of it's like a small percentage a charity you know like you're helping someone out but the people that create the kickstarters also have to come up with things that you get in return for it Mm -hmm. and uh and they have to be and they're on like a scale usually every kickstarter has like a scale where it's like if you donate one dollar then thank you you know what i mean like you get nothing um but it's like if you donate $15 then you get a thing and then like and then usually they're cumulative it's like if you donate $100 you get all of the above things that you would get plus this you know what i mean so like so you are getting something in addition to helping the person out with their project right so that's i mean cuz it, it would be one thing if it was like you know just give me a bunch of money you know um which is more like a donate button on, like, a website, you know what I mean? <laughs> but usually the Kickstarter thing has to, like, part of the requirement is that it has to be more robust. It has to, like, have rewards. It oh, has, sp- actually has to have, speaking. You know.
1: of, speaking of rewards, that's the other thing that pissed people off about the Penny Arcade Kickstarter. Yeah, exactly.
2: I was reading that. Like, I, I read all the different things you can get, and I was like, well, this is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it is, like, you know, sort of... Like sort of tongue in cheek, egocentric, but mostly just egocentric. Where it's like you know, oh, I, you have g-
1: the, I have the list right here. So That's here's awesome. some of
2: the. You on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Here's the uh,
1: three for a three hundred fucking dollar pr- pledge. Uh, At CW Gabriel will follow your Twitter for one year. Your day is now a constant source of his entertainment. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know how easy it is to fucking follow somebody on Twitter. Okay, and then this other one is. Let's see here. Um... or more. Zero backers, by the way. (laughs) Uh, For the next year's uh, Penny Arcade, the series filming, you can be one of 50 people in a live studio audience component in Seattle, Washington. You need to uh, handle travel costs. So you have to fly yourself there. And then you'll just watch them make some fucking stupid show about themselves.
2: That's the worst thing ever. (laughs) Don't they somehow have one like $9,000 backer or something like that?
1: Okay, so if you pledge $9,999 or more, you get lunch with J- Mike and Jerry. Just get yourself to Seattle and we'll handle the rest. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: We'll show like- and eat in front of you.
1: <laughs> Take you to McDonald's.
2: What a bunch of yeah. shits. Oh my God.
0: Yeah, yeah it's pretty just much the meet game instead if I go to Seattle. I'd rather just meet Gabe.
1: See, here's, here's some even more obnoxious stuff. Look, okay. Since uh, the Kickstarter pledges only go up to 10,000, so they list more of them. Okay, so there's one spot for a $25,000 pledge. You know all you get for that? Gabe will do an original medium-sized painting of your favorite video game character.
2: Oh my God! Oh wait, God!
1: <laughs> you can also be given the grand tour of Penny Arcade HQ, aka their house, and
0: afterwards yeah.
1: we'll all go out for dinner and ice cream for a hundred thousand dollars.
0: What? Now,
1: you can, uh, no no no. This is. Uh,
0: I eat that much.
1: You can appear <laughs> in a non-commercial PA strip that you conceive with Mike and Jerry. So mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, I can get a shitty three panel webcomic yeah. for a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Hey everybody, here's here's something, here's a here's a deal. <laughs> Give me a hundred bucks. And I will make <laughs> a three pa- a panel webcomic for you just as dumb quality as, as Gabe's <laughs> fucking webcomic, okay? Yeah. I think that's a fucking steal. Yeah. Let's start a Kickstarter. Say, look, here's some realistic uh pledge rewards for you. Yeah. Like, there's one in-
0: uh, I can because
1: right. I, I just don't want to look through all these stupid
0: these points. these two guys just sound like insufferable dickwads. <laughs> okay,
1: here's the problem. They're trying i i'm sure because they're nerds and nerds are socially awkward they're trying to be funny, be funny with a bunch of these but it's really just coming off as incredibly arrogant and insulting
0: that's <laughs> well, all they've been i mean they, do you remember the uh like a year or two ago the, the, when they made a comic about it was some warcraft thing and like the joke was that this woman got raped nightly oh, God. By called the, dick wolves you the remember dick this wolves thing? thing yeah yeah, the dick wolf thing. Were, and it like, became a were, huge they thing. They took where, like, uh, were, I will admit that people kind of blew it out of proportion, but then, like, those two morons, the two fucking crab, whatever the fuck their names are, like, they, those two are a public relations nightmare. Like, whenever something happens, like, somebody blows something out of proportion, they blow it even further out of proportion. Well,
1: it's, it's usually, here's the problem with these guys. Uh, Gabe is always the one that talks before thinking. He'll, he'll make fucking webcomics, uh, making fun of somebody, or he'll he'll deride somebody. Like, he's the one that usually makes the comment first. Like, he's got fucking verbal diarrhea or whatever. <laughs> um, and then Tycho is the one that doesn't talk for, like, a week and then writes some composed message saying, like, well, I wish I had gotten into this sooner, so I, I regret not <laughs> having put my input in For Because that's what happened with the fucking Dick Wolves thing. So, okay, for anybody that somehow doesn't know about what the hell this is... Tycho uh as as Colin was saying made a Warcraft comic about uh it was I understand what the joke was supposed to be. It w- wasn't particularly amazing to me, but I understood and I wasn't actually particularly offended because I knew it was just trying to be absurd. Like it wasn't legitimately saying somebody should be get, get, getting raped by Dick Wolves or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So um so it's it's somebody, you know, the whole RPG thing is you come across a person, they're like please help me and you're doing really retarded things instead of helping them with a serious problem, right? So the comic was something about, like, oh, I need to collect ten fucking orbs or so, ten shiny things. And this person's like, you have to help me. Every night I'm raped by the dick wolves or something. <laughs> and then the, the RPG guy goes, oh, that's great. I'm going to go over here now or something. <laughs> I, I, I don't have the comic wi- with me, but that's the gist of it, right? Okay. So it, it's a, a, a trope in uh, video games that everybody can uh, relate to. Because, you know, if you've played any RPG, you've done something like that, right? Like, right. there's somebody that legitimately needs help, and you're like, I'll come back to you in an hour. You'll be, you'll <laughs> still be there. You, you'll be fine. Um, so, yeah. Not, not amazing, but I got it. So, somebody got really offended by the whole raping element. And I don't know... Uh, It's been a while. So, I don't know if the person actually was, you know, like a rape victim, or knew somebody that was, or was somehow connected to the whole thing. Uh, but they were really offended. And, of course, since Gabe is a fucking idiot, he... Well, he, takes, he took it as He like, took the extreme other side of it. Like he yeah. started – he made a Dick Wolves shirt and Dick Wolves fan art and all this <laughs> nonsense when this person was saying, can't you like understand that that whole rape it thing is offensive? The worst,
0: part, the worst part was that he basically told – he basically had said to rape victims that you're you're overblowing your problem. And I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck, dude?
1: Yeah, yeah. What the
0: fuck are you saying? Like, this went. This went from like a joke that was not that funny to begin with, and somebody more or less blowing it out of proportion. Like I said, it's just like it just it's just like making a mountain out of a molehill. Like it granted, was molehill.
1: Yeah, granted, I don't think he actually intended, you know, serious like rape uh, references during the th- like he was just he made his, it
0: worse. He, the he way made, he said afterwards made it worse.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then what made it even worse was the fact that Penny Arcade, like a lot of these kind of fan uh, fandoms have extreme fans that will instantly jump on top of anybody who has anything remotely opposing uh, opposite to say uh, to the creators. So as soon as this woman, I'm assuming, I think it was a woman, uh, started saying all this stuff... Everybody goes, oh, you know, like, really nasty things. Like, maybe you should be raped or all this, like, really awful jeez. fucking shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. And, like, posting, like, creating Twitter names that say, like, Dick Wolf something or other. And going to, con- going to cons wearing Dick Wolf shirts and, like, gr- uh, taking group pictures and shit. jeez. Oh, so it turned into this crazy downward spiral of, like, nuttiness. <laughs> and a lot of people didn't understand, like, look, regardless, like, people would... <sighs> People would say, like, oh, that's not what he meant. And they would, you know, harp on that. But they're missing the point of this whole fucking argument. It's actually not about the comic anymore. It's about the fact that Gabe fails to realize that his reaction to the whole thing was, like, that of a child. Like, if he was any kind of adult, he would have said, okay, lady... He, that's totally not what I intended. You're kind of blowing out of proportion, but I do understand. I, I didn't realize people might be offended by that, and for that, you know, I apologize. All he had to say is something like that. That's all he had to say. Instead <laughs> of that, he gets immediately, instantly defensive, and starts posting all this bullshit about like, I can I can draw what I want. I can do all this shit. Fuck well, feminist.
0: Then, blah 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 blah. And
1: then he got to the point, <laughs> of, to the point of no return, right? where he, yeah. he couldn't take it back at this point because he has some idiotic sense of pride or something. <laughs> you
2: went uh, Kramer.
1: He went, <laughs> exactly.
2: you went full Kramer.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, of course, Tycho, being the stupid, pasty idiot that he is, turns around, like, two weeks later or something like that, going like, oh, I've been observing this, and he hadn't said a goddamn thing about that. And then he goes, oh, I should have put my two cents in. And, of course, him being somebody that doesn't really make a serious statement statement one way or the other about that made a very safe paragraph not really defending or apologizing anything just kind of staying middle of the road about like yes i understand people you know have a feeling about this and you know whatever creative integrity bullshit whatever <laughs> so um yeah and and that just never helped them they, and then the yeah. issue was
0: promptly forgotten
1: well not not totally.
0: Well, apparently not. <laughs> it still keeps mean. coming
1: up. But that's the thing people need to realize. These guys are not fucking gods. Just because they made a convention, just because they made a charity, does not mean that they are untouchable. They are fucking people. They're regular goddamn people. Decision.
0: Do not worship them. They're just <laughs> as fallible. No, this is what I'm getting. She's he's serious, though, David. Like, you're laughing at Like I, I, I've, I've met hardcore fans, not of Penny Arcade, but, I mean, I, I, I watched... The whole Dick Wolf thing unfold. Uh, and no, it, no, like, no it was like it was. not even like watching a train wreck in slow motion. It was like watching the bombing of Hiroshima. In slow
2: motion. <laughs> well, not belittling it. It's just I found that statement hilarious. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. dude, it's true. I mean,
0: you're <laughs> no, no, not but it's
1: worship him. But That's the thing. Like, I I can see why. Maybe if you admire his artistic skill uh, or whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, that's fine. But like, realize at the end of the day, these guys make. Stupid choices, just like anybody else. And in this case, they have a history of not really understanding <laughs> how to be diplomatic about things. Yeah. Like they also pissed people off about the BioWare ending because uh, Gabe was of the impression that it was super amazing, and he was what? belittling. He was belittling and berating anybody that said otherwise, and actually made a comic because okay, him he like a lot of other people didn't realize we don't uh, that people that were dissatisfied with the ending. Didn't like it because it's not like we wanted a happy ending. We just wanted one that made sense. But of course he doesn't get that. So he made like a webcomic, for example, where I was making fun of like, oh, Bioware is forced to make an ending that fans will approve of. And they were like fucking uh, people riding ice cream cones and going through rainbows and all this bullshit. And it's like, you are a moron. And that just proved it with your webcomic because you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And they do this constantly. Every time they make one of those little like... Uh, uh, text posts that goes along with whatever their their weekly update is it's oh, like yeah. yeah you guys are gonna say something stupid again i just
2: know <laughs> it. i should that's honestly cool.
1: just look at the i don't really go to their site it's usually like if reddit or something like refers me to one of their web, com- web comics, i'll look at it and i have adblock on by the way <laughs> not giving them a goddamn <laughs> cent so um yeah that's the only way i see it but i know they're Ninety percent of the time, the stuff they say is just fucking bullshit. It's like any other gamer. Just because they're at this status where they make you know a comfortable living, does not mean they have any more right than any other gamer to like you know uh, condemn or or praise anything. Like right. their their word is worth as much as anybody else. They they do not they did make a game right, which I guess did okay back in the day. Um, but. Back in the day. Well, because it's been a couple of years since it came uh, out. I think they want to make another sequel, but I haven't really heard anything about it. Did they
0: release them. a sequel in Steam? Did they? I, I thought they did. Is I, it on the Rainslick precipice of... The but that desert? was the
1: f- first one, I think. Is it? I don't know. Who cares? Anyway. So <laughs> Who like,
0: fucking cares?
1: But it, it reminds me of people that, that always act like, oh, it's really easy to do this and that and condemn something when they haven't actually done it or done it enough themselves to right. really understand the process. So these guys often preach, but they they shouldn't be preaching about anything, honestly. Um, but <laughs> speaking of this whole rape thing, actually, this is off topic to games, but it's the same fucking thing. Uh, anybody who knows who Daniel Tosh is?
0: Yes. Yeah, was- here we go. I'm
1: not going to... Uh, most people probably already know what happened. I'm going to do a very brief description, but it's the same goddamn situation. Like Kramer, <laughs> he kind of... Didn't handle, was it, okay, so for the Kramer situation, was it a heckler?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a heckler, and he oh, started so was- he started off with the racial shit.
1: Yeah, so the same thing happened with Daniel Tosh. Um, so he made uh, some joke, or a bunch of jokes about misogyny, uh, rapist stuff, like how, oh, rape jokes are always funny. And this woman in the audience, okay, bless her, but she probably should have just told him after the show, like, what you said was really offending to me. Okay. Because it it's common knowledge that you don't get up and fucking say shit to a comedian during a show because right. just asking for it, <laughs> even if they might necessarily agree or want to apologize to you, there's that weird kind of understanding during a show that they have to defend themselves. You know, right? You yeah. never see a comedian go, "Oh, I'm sorry," <laughs> and then like not, they just kill the act, right? Yeah, You'd instantly have to fight back. So unfortunately, because he's not creative enough to come with a come up with a good <laughs> whip. He instantly, she says, rape's never funny, okay? So that's mm-hmm. very serious by itself. That could kill the show. Right, So yeah. um, he says something crazy like, uh, well, uh, who wants to see this girl get raped by five guys right now? Wouldn't that be Whoa. funny? Watch this watch girl get raped or something like
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> What'd the course, audience do?
1: Well... Granted, like, nobody recorded this, apparently. So this is all kind of trickled down, like, it's paraphrasing. So who knows what the actual delivery was? Apparently, it was enough of something for people to laugh. Who knows if they were laughing nervously or they actually found it funny, whatever. You know, when people get drunk. Knowing
0: Daniel Tosh's target demographic, they probably thought it was actually funny.
1: Yeah, or Mm -hmm. they're drunk enough because they have all those drink minimums where they're just laughing at, like, fucking anything at that point. Yeah. so she got really stunned, and her friend was really stunned, and they just left. They demanded a refund. I think they got comp tickets, but the lady at the desk was like, I understand if you just never want to come back here. <laughs> and it was at the Laugh Factory also. Oh, <laughs> so that's, that's a running thing with them. Ah. So like...
0: <laughs> Was it the place where where, uh, where Michael Richards did his thing? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: So her friend or somebody – not not the actual person themselves writes up this whole story about how this went down, pasted on Tumblr, crazy amount of reblogs about this it goes on it, it it goes on to Twitter I believe it went on Reddit it, everything goes on a Reddit at some point. Yeah.
0: Um, I can't believe you go to Reddit, but that, we'll talk about that another time. And,
1: <laughs> anyway, so it, it it got around, and I think the most that I've seen so far is he actually did a tweet a day or two later where he's like, you know, I I am sorry for. The stuff that I said, I, it was not intentional, blah, blah, blah. Because it's not like he can just let it go. <laughs> he has to fucking say something about it. <laughs> he has a fucking stupid show on Comedy Central. He can't, because otherwise people will fucking boycott it, which they might have. No, well, they
0: won't. Well, they won't, because the people who watch that show are not going to be the type to boycott because he made some rape joke.
1: Well, for example, my mom My, watches, yeah, my three
0: roommates watch that show. My,
1: my mom sometimes watches Tosh.0. Oh. Right? Because they show fucking YouTube videos and sometimes those are funny to her and whatever. But <laughs> after this story, I'm sure she would stop. Of course, now she doesn't have a choice because my folks have DirecTV. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Yeah. They've just dropped. <laughs> well, that was a good one. Yeah. That brings I'm, us full circle. <laughs> right? You know,
1: what, what's hilarious is somebody was start, uh, trying to start a petition on Tumblr to get them to take Tosh.0 off the air and I reblogged it by saying hey guys, don't worry DirecTV's got this covered (laughs) they've got rid of the show you're fine (laughs) so, yeah, if anyone doesn't know, they're having some Viacom dispute uh, with DirecTV, and uh, because Viacom was charging too much for their uh, agreement or contract with them, DirecTV's like, fuck you, and then got rid of Comedy Central, MTV, VH1, Nickelodeon, and probably some other shows as well that are channels that are connected. Pretty crazy fallout. So, um, yeah, but anyways, the Tosh Tosh.0 thing just totally reminded me of the Dick Wolves thing. <laughs> it's just somebody totally not understanding. And one of my friends instantly said, because we all watch Louie, that, hey, there was an episode of Louie where there was a heckler and he said something similar, like this girl should just get raped or whatever right now. And I said, that's true, but there was a very important difference to that episode uh, first off, he didn't start getting into that until she had heckled him for, like, the fifth time. And it was because she was on her phone and being a, pretty much a cunt. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> she was being really awful in the show. And even in that episode afterwards, he came out and apologized to her. So <laughs> these are all very different situations from the Tosh thing. He didn't do jack shit. He sent her a fucking tweet. Actually, he didn't send it to her personally. He just sent it on his his main, you know, on his dashboard or whatever. Um a different uh, scenario. Plus, uh, Louis C.K. is funny. I'm sorry. So yeah, he is. If he was yeah, making I a joke, be. he offends everybody equally. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he gets away with it. He's funny and he uh, makes more observational stuff rather than the weird shock value stuff that Tosh always does. Um, but yeah, he Tosh just not not thinking. And I know it's difficult for comedians to deal with hecklers. I've actually listened to a ton of. You know, like uh, Oswald, uh, Patton, Patton Oswald and yeah. uh, CK, and all these different people in interviews talking about how, you know, it really throws you off. And yeah. even if you play it off cool, and everyone think thinks you sound like it didn't bother you, it usually does bother <laughs> them a great deal.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, Patton Oswalt, the one I've the heckler that I've heard from his show, okay. like he has the most insane reaction to his He's heckler. The
1: angriest, I think I've heard. <laughs>
2: Doesn't he get he, really furious? He him? loses his mind. Yeah, he goes crazy. A
0: like, wow. <laughs> <Yeah. What>? well, <laughs> it's
2: like wow. Yeah. Well, it's because the dude like doesn't shut up, and like he has to deal with him like two times, I guess.
0: Yeah.
2: Why would and, you uh, heckle
0: Patton Oswalt?
1: Because I people are stupid.
0: <laughs> I'm mean, I understand heckling it. Daniel Tosh. Why would you heckle Patton Oswalt? Well,
1: see, the other thing too was she wasn't technically heckling in the sense of how you, people usually heckle. Like, yeah. regularly, hecklers are fucking drunk, or they're like, yay, I'm awesome. You can hear me talk, or something, you know, some ridiculous shit that you just need to shut them up. She had what could be construed as, you know, a very legitimate complaint. However, she was not picking the correct time to voice that complaint, honestly. Uh, so he, unfortunately, was dumb and handled the heckle the way that one of these guys would handle a typical heckler, which is not correct so if you're gonna if you're gonna bash somebody as a heckler or as a comedian and they're a heckler, don't pick a topic like that just do what did comedians usually do make fun of the person themselves or something <laughs> something yeah. that's a little safer at least you know <laughs> don't don't pick a fight fun- it's it's like I don't know and then what pisses me off though not just as a woman but in general is' like when people heard about this, they're like oh what did she expect get real comedians do this all the time and nobody reacted that way to the fucking kramer one so you have to admit there is a discrepancy between like okay if it's a, a black person is called the n-word and said should be hung from a tree then everyone's like fuck this guy but some woman is told hey you should be raped by five guys and all of a sudden oh she's oh, she's blowing it she's out
0: over-acting. she's just being an asshole feminist
1: like what be. the hell are, is the difference it makes you feel threatened it makes you feel really scared, because also, what if there's some <coughs> fucking crazy fan that thinks, hey, maybe there's no bad idea, because they're fucking
2: <laughs> stupid cops, you know? Yeah. Well.
1: I mean, I'm not saying they'd actually do it. I'm just saying, like, people that go, they whoop, and they applaud that, you know, that's not good. If I was sitting in on that, well, first of all, I would have walked out. But <laughs> second of all, if I was a dude, and for some reason that didn't phase me as much, I still wouldn't clap at it.
0: Right. It would phase the fuck out of it me. It would be
1: one of those things, like, with any heckler that I've seen, it just makes you feel awkward even just watching the th- whole thing go down. Right. Like, I've seen, uh, I've seen people heckle, not heckle in a mean way Louie, but they'll be like, yeah, Louie, or, like, they'll just talk too loud, and he hates that, too, because it's, like, right. we're still breaking his flow. So he'll get a little mad at them, but not to the same extent but even doing those things i'm like ugh can this person stop talking because this is making things very awkward for everybody um but yeah a lot of dumb people but long story short these guys are just like anybody else and they don't deserve to have a fucking kickstarter essentially pay for like t- over two years of their business when they already have a business that works just fine right
2: Yep. Yes. Great. Okay. <laughs> the end. The Are end. we done? And they were never heard from again. <laughs> no,
1: of course, right.
2: Are we done completely? Yeah, I think I think uh, that'll do it for our show can tonight. I, can I
0: mention Kotaku really quick? Oh God. Oh yeah. I I'm promise not, not to rage because I got my rage mostly out at, uh, right. at Petty Arcade. So okay. this one's more. I don't. I actually don't know what to think about this. Oh my God. When. What are you saying? Oh, my God.
2: No, no, not to you. It's not to you. Sorry. <laughs> it's something else.
0: Apparently, on the back page of one of the sections of the New York Times, I'm not sure what day, maybe it was Sunday, because they do all their shit on Sunday, um, they ran they, that the New York Times is starting to run Kotaku video game reviews in order to replace their own game reviews of the New York Times before <laughs> writing. Jesus. Um, and I'm not sure to think about that, because... We've talked in the past about how we feel about video game, quote, journalism. Journalism, Huge air quotes. I can't air quote hard <laughs> enough for the microphone to display them. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it would be different if it was something like, you know, some little shitty paper like the Post, like the St. Louis Post or something like that. This is the fucking New York Times. This is the paragon yeah. of American journalism in print form. And now they're carrying what what? at least us three, or us four, have declared to be, like, the biggest problem in video game journalism. Like,
1: <laughs> like lol journalism. Yeah. Like, it's not really... Oh,
0: journalism.
1: Well, so to I don't be fair...
0: This. I, don't, I don't know, is, is, do you think this will improve the quality of writing in Kotaku? No, no, Probably not.
1: It, it's just going to be ported over to a fucking newspaper. I'm sure they're not going to adjust much of anything uh although to be fair uh, there's a lot of complaints uh, these days that regular you know journalism is also kind of stuff so, well,
0: i think it's different than new york times because they're they're real their actual news reporting is still pretty, uh, okay it's still what
1: i i don't know I, I mean i haven't read their print version very often but their online version has had some articles that people have been really pissed off about because uh sometimes because they're
0: conservative
1: Either conservative or yeah. that the, the headline will be purposely um, uh,
0: sensationalistic.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Every paper does that, though. Yeah. The, uh, they, the reporting, the the, report, the, the the essence of their reporting is still the best that you're going to get in this country, though. That's what I'm getting at. Is that, yeah, you might have some asshole editor stick a headline up there that says, you know, some sensationalistic <laughs> piece of shit. You know, but I mean, the, at the core, the journalism is there. You don't really get that with many papers anymore. You know, like you open up a paper, what do you see? You see it's syndicated by either the AP or it's some story from the New York Times. You know, yeah. you, don't, you, you don't get reporting like the New York Times does anymore.
1: I, I don't it's, know. I, I guess the, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of jaded because in this day and age, it's like you have to really like. I, I sometimes if there's a major story, I'll check several sources because there are some. I don't know if it's specific journalists or the, <clears throat> the papers themselves that will want to do a certain slant for some reason. And now me being jaded assumes that, like, I wonder if these guys are getting a nudge, you know, to kind of focus on one topic or another, you know. It's just that kind of climate these days that I don't really trust a lot of what I read anymore. There's, what happened to, like, more objective uh, journalism?
0: Objectivism in journalism is kind of a fallacy, to be honest. I mean, because I mean, there there have been biases in papers. It's not like all of a sudden that New York Times was. Oh, it's not like all of a sudden New York Times was just liberal. It's like it just happened one day. They've always been that way. It's always been that way. Just like the the Wall Street Journal has, in different you know different degrees, been more of a conservative paper. the The Washington Post has always been a liberal paper, and the Times has been. I think it's a Washington Times. The other one in Washington has always been more conservative. It's always been that way. And now that people, you know, now that, that now that, you know, we're so hyper politicized that everything is either a black or white discussion, people are focusing on that more and it's frustrating, I think. The well, the New York Times has always been a liberal paper. But now all of a sudden people are focusing on that. It's it's strange. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, still the the gaming journalism is the biggest problem because it's like somebody is clearly well, being bought and sold.
0: What was <laughs> interesting sense. about this is that the New York Times had their own reporters, their own feature, you know, feature reporters writing video game reviews. And the, and the thing that was nice about them is that this was the best part about it. I read a couple of them. Was that they didn't give a numerical score at the end. Or yeah. the Kotaku reviews, they do. They give it a score. I think I think they do out of a hundred. I can't remember what Kotaku does, but. The fact is, is that they're leaving... I guess they probably don't want to pay reporters because, I mean, it's well-known what is happening in print journalism, especially in the U.S., is that, you know, you can't pay these reporters. So now they're outsourcing it, basically, to guys who... Do it for cheaper? Do it for a lot cheaper, if not free. I don't know how much Kotaku pays their reviewers, if anything, you know?
1: Yeah, probably not that much. Actually, in terms of uh, well-known... Uh, news sources. Uh, I've been pretty impressed with uh, Forbes has started to do um, video game kind of coverage. In particular, they they got really noticed because they were writing a lot of articles during the whole Bioware ending fiasco.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and and being one of the the few sources that actually uh, was writing about how Bioware was fucking things up. And uh, I, I think they got a lot of, of readers from that sort of coverage because since they aren't like a Kotaku, and since they aren't uh, you know specifically game journalist first and everything else second. They, Forbes is a
0: financial paper, right? I
1: know, I know. Yeah, 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 but but they've not. But I
0: mean, that's probably why they're focusing on it because I think I think it's indicative that we see things like Forbes now reporting on on video game, not video games per se, but video game companies. That's or the important something. thing here. They're, they're they're reporting on the financial ramifications of what these companies are going through when the shit hits the fan. That's,
1: yeah, that, that's a good angle to take though because it's like that's more of a realistic angle. They won't be. Uh, I mean, some of them obviously are gamers that also are reporting uh, via Forbes, but like they aren't uh, quite as biased as you know Kotaku or JoyStick or any of those other guys that clearly already feel a certain way maybe about a company or game series. And are uh, just adding to that with their review. These guys are like, "Look, Bioware is screwing up this way. EA stock is dropping this way. <laughs> and the, you know, that's that's the that's how it is. So actually, we may end up going into a a new kind of um, a news source where uh, places that normally didn't have video game coverage are kind of coming but that, into their that, own. That's
0: worrisome to me because it is being reported in a financial paper. You, you see what I'm getting at? Is that that Kotaku is the other extreme. It's like Kotaku is non-questioning about the medium at all. Like, they just take they take everything at face value. That bothers me because... Wait, it means so you, they, don't,
1: you don't want them to question the companies? No,
0: hold on. Let me finish. Because they, they, the Kotaku, and a lot of games journalism, takes everything at face value. I mean, we can face the fact that I think that a lot of reviews, at least in a lot of bigger places a good example is what the escapist gave um, Dragon Age 2, is that they gave it, you know, they they listed they listed a number of flaws with the game, but at the end they gave it a 10 out of 10 and called yeah. it a game.
1: <laughs> Excellent so, review. I mean,
0: it's shit like that, but then like you look at the flip side of the coin, Forbes. Uh, somebody who reads Forbes, I would say, by and large, isn't going to be an avid video game person. What they're going to see is that, that they're going to continue living under the paradigm that video games are purely a financial you know, it's a means to an end. Do you understand what I mean?
1: Yeah, but having
0: saying I think that that, I think that Dragon Age is a good game, that I think that Mass Effect is a good game, that I think that 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 uh, who what, what, did they make Guitar Hero EA? I forget. They no, make no that's Activision. Whatever. I don't. I, whatever. They make
1: rock game. Band. I think. Yeah. They don't
0: look at it. They don't say that these are good games. They buy it because EA is is or is not financially viable.
1: No, 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 no. Okay. So have you actually read any of the Forbes articles?
0: I have read some of the Forbes articles, but the but the reason they're reporting on that is that because people are reading this, is that you know games are a bigger industry than movies now. People are going right. to invest in video game companies. They're looking at this from a financial perspective. They're not looking at it from, oh, this video game isn't good because it doesn't do anything for the medium as a whole. Yeah, but They're looking, the, at, if they're if it's, looking at it because EA BioWare fucked up.
1: Right. Now, I mean, that's a... No, 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 that's, okay, that's a fraction of it. But from the articles that I've been reading from Forbes, at least for the three or four... Um, Contributors that are in their like game, their unofficial little game section, they are still approaching it from a gamer standpoint. the The benefit to what the Forbes Forbes articles offer is that they, in addition, offer more uh, like a deeper analysis as to why these things aren't working, why they could be troublesome for the future in terms of industries that sort of thing. They still retain the feeling that they are speaking to gamers though, and that's the important part. They don't feel in general, like, a, you know, financial analyst talking about this game. And I think that's the important difference. And that's why they gained... A t- they, they, they were very shrewd because they made a ton of Bioware-ending articles uh, within a very short amount of time because I'm sure somebody w- there was smart and realized they were going to increase their readership by doing this because people would, you know, come for the articles, stay for the gaming journalism or something like that, you know? So... They they probably use that to kind of jumpstart their little unofficial department. But the stuff that they have is is a very decent read. And sometimes it goes not necessarily on the company side, but it'll uh, do an anal- analysis of like uh, what uh, characters worked and what don't and, and that kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of refreshing to read that and read somebody who has both good and bad things to say about a particular game. Uh, and I just don't notice that as much anymore with Kotaku or... Uh, some of these other sites that would just spout praise before anything's even really shown, and you're supposed to just take their word for it without them really backing up any of that?
0: I want something in the middle. I want something in the middle. I want something that is critical of the game industry insofar that they understand what a game does or does not do for the medium. What I mean, I guess, I guess I'm guess i looking at it from an artistic perspective. Well, still, in because- that
1: case, I would recommend that you, you give Forbes another shot and that also, uh, there's uh, some of the older senior uh, editors uh, and contributors from Joystick that I actually liked a lot of the stuff that they wrote. Went over to um, this other site called The Verge, and um, they they have a video game section of their site there called like Polygon. Uh, unfortunately, it's stuff that, that nobody's gonna remember because <laughs> they haven't really got like a catchy name yet, in my opinion. But I think their their video game department or section is called Polygon or something. And uh, a lot of their articles are very interesting, and they have a lot of features where they go more in-depth about uh, various uh, companies and and such. Um, And actually, I think, weren't you the one that posted something on our Facebook uh, page about, uh, like, an analysis of – I'm trying to find it here. I'm trying
0: to remember myself. Uh, shit. Well, all I'm doing I'm looking, I'm I'm just staring at the screen and I see I have on my little, my Firefox shortcut is a site that I had bookmarked named Anti-Otaku which wasn't oh, okay, about... Okay, okay. You, if you're the one that posted the
1: state of games the state of AAA games.
0: Yeah. That that's
1: me. actually from The Verge. Yeah. So they, they write a lot of really good kind of investigative style articles about uh, gaming and I think they're probably, if I could remember their goddamn URL more often, um, they're a better source of information, honestly. Yeah. Um, until they prove me wrong with a Kotaku like article, but for the moment, they haven't done that yet. Um, but it, it, you just have to be a lot more careful nowadays with like your sources.
0: Just, just you know, people aren't we? Are but most people aren't. That's the frustrating thing. How do you change that? Can you change that? It,
1: it, well, it, ha- it has to be a conscious choice, and, and a lot of people only start coming around to that way of thinking after they've been burned a couple times (laughs) you know like you get enough um,
0: how many how many times have people have been burned by bad reviews i mean look at how many how many how many good reviews look look at what big publishers what big magazines and big websites had to say about mass effect and then look at what the reaction generally was among normal fans yeah no people have gotten burned like that not just with mass effect but with uh, Dragon Age, it got burned like that with some other games in the past. They're not learning their lesson. That's a problem. I mean, I, I look at the industry now, and especially when I posted that thing about AAA games, how fucking expensive they are, and how yeah. financially unviable they are. I see this industry heading for another crash, if not not this year, and maybe not even next year, but in five to ten years, I see this industry heading toward another crash. At least North America.
1: I mean, it's comparable to a lot of the big blockbuster type films. Like you notice that the the budgets for these blockbuster films keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's more and more risk because that's more and more profit you have to come back from in order to stay, you know, stay in the in the black, you know, stay ahead of your um, your budget. So it, it it's risky, but until they reach a point where they're not making that profit, they're going to think that, oh, we can still handle it this way. And actually, in a way, it may uh, bring about the rise of indi- independent games as an even more um, viable type of, of gaming genre. Because
0: It is getting more viable. No, no, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like it, They've made it a uh, more uh, dev-friendly genre. You need what less money what... for it.
0: What I'm afraid of is if this crash comes, it might not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just being a soothsayer, you know. But I mean, what I, I foresee it coming because these are you have an oversaturation of games, and a and and you know people want to make this a more legitimate medium, but at the same time, a lot of the big players that portray this medium aren't aren't supporting it in the way they should. They're getting paid off. They're 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 sucking dicks to get their games or reviews, <laughs> you know stuff like that. And it's like, you know, what if if the, if the industry is, you know, like if EA disappears, if Ubisoft disappears, if Activision disappears, what does that mean for the little publishers? That means that what little publishers that- rise. Who's going to who, how are they going to publish their games? How are they going to get their games out there? It's difficult enough besides Steam, you know?
1: Yeah, but I mean, if those guys go down, inevitably there will be something or some group of of devs, perhaps, that branch together and uh, uh, come together and create, like, the new publisher. Or they find ways, like Kickstarter and these other methods, to publish for themselves. I mean, that is the one good thing about this kind of crowdsourcing or this um, multiple people funding uh, operation, because you're able to get games that normally wouldn't make it that far to actually be put into people's hands. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, like like I, I've said a bunch of times before, there are a lot of really stubborn gamers that will keep buying the same stuff over and over, but I guarantee you there will be a point, if they are burned enough times, they will eventually stop. It may take a while, but they will stop. And that's the only point where these huge corporations will understand that they need to make a change when they see it in their pocketbooks. So, it's, I don't know, I, we're pretty limited as consumers but, you know, your money, if if everybody kind of spends it the same way, makes a powerful statement. So, I, like be careful said, with your money.
0: I, 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 I hate having to compare this to anime. Bear with me here. God. I mean, bear, bear with me here. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> They're mad. See, I mentioned anime, and they go crazy, too. Anyway, I'm looking on... I'm lo- Maybe we should just cut this part
1: out. Yeah, I think uh, that's that's probably enough for today.
2: <laughs> the yeah. time alarm before it becomes a three-hour episode.
1: Oh, I'd stop. I'd
0: stop. You just want to cut that part out.
1: Anyway, so
2: um, do you want to keep talking for another three hours?
1: No, I. Th- no, I, I think just want to I talk for like another said... two
0: minutes, but I'm being cut off, so <laughs> it's I've, okay.
1: I think we've kind of we've talked about this before, so I don't. I'd rather avoid circling back to previous discussions. But essentially, you know, things are changing, like that article said about the AAA games, and I think, uh, you know, something different is going to evolve in the next several years. I don't know that's if
0: it'll that's be- what I'm getting at. Is that was a site I almost ended up writing for? It's called the Anti Otaku. It is anti otaku. You know, it was it was not looking at it like otaku would look at, which is like the slavering fanboy look, and it wasn't looking at it from like a really standoffish sort of sort of uh, you know like cold. Non, you know, calculating perspective like something like Forbes would be something an outsider would see. Right? It is something that the more moderate fan would look at it and say, "I like anime, but this shit is fucked up." And let me tell you why. You know, I like anime a lot. I love the medium, but I need to tell you why it's wrong in yeah. order to make it better. You know,
1: I, I think I uh, that. this is there, there needs to be me. something like
0: that for games. I don't know if it's The Verge or whatever you listed, I'm, but I mean, I'm there needs to be something like that.
1: I'm telling you that, this is just showing to me that you haven't read that many of the Forbes articles because a lot of the stuff you're describing is ultimately- I've
0: read the Forbes articles, and they're looking at I, I've read the Forbes articles. They're looking at it from a cold financial perspective. That is their ultimate goal. I'll that have is their to send ultimate some goal. of
1: them because there's some actually very interesting discussion type articles that they've written about characters about you know what works in gaming genres and what doesn't. That sounds like it is geared towards um, a lot of gamers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. all I'm saying, because the stuff you're describing is a lot of the stuff they talked about, especially when the extended cut came out for Mass Effect 3. A lot of them were covering things in like, you know, why does this work for me? Why doesn't this work for me? But not from like, oh, are they going to lose their stock? Kind of, uh, not that angle. So, it, it, you know, just just give them a shot. Read a couple of their their newer articles, perhaps. Um, anyway, we're, we're going a little bit long today, so I think... Now is a, as good a time as any to uh, cut it short. Uh, before I do our usual contact info, I have a, um, I got a giveaway this week. It may go into next week if nobody bites. Um, I have, from E3 – I've been holding on to it, but I just realized – I don't know why I'm holding on to it – a really nice, hardbound uh, journal, which is kind of like – I don't know how to describe it you guys remember when they used to have those garfield treasuries that yeah. those weird shapes it's like a rectangle shaped book yeah it's not like a normal shape book so this right. is a hardcover book in the same kind of rectangular shape as like those garfield treasury books um but it is the journal of master Nos Dural, compiled by jedi master Satil shan so basically this uh if you are a swotor fan old republic fan um is a compilation of all the codex stories about what happened between uh, the Knights of the Old Republic games and the Old Republic MMO. And if anybody remembers, these were shown as video clips originally, uh, little featurette clips uh, before the Old Republic had been released. Like they had, uh, you know, artwork and it was talking about like uh, what Darth Revan did and what happened in between the eras and all this stuff. Uh, it's actually a nice thick book. I would say at least a hundred pages or so. Um, and it's a nice hardcover with a little, uh, Alliance emblem or the Republic emblem. Um, it's still wrapped. And, uh, if anybody had gotten the collector's edition, I think this was included with the collector's edition, but at E3, they were just giving them out. So I took one. Um, I have it. If you would like it, uh, just send us an email. Let's see here. Say why you liked any of the, um... Knights of the Republic games. I think you should at least be some kind of Repu- Old Republic fan <laughs> in order to actually deserve this, this book. Otherwise, why would you be asking for it? Um, so, you know, like, who's your favorite character in the games? Uh, what was your favorite story arc? Uh, what you thought of the ending of KOTOR 2? <laughs> you know, whatever you like, as long as it has something to do with the KOTOR, the Old Republic universe. Okay? So you can email us this. Uh, name of at gmail.com and uh, I will read through the, the various emails and I will pick a winner and I'll send it to you. Uh, in other aspects if you'd like to send us comments about like what we talked about today or if you'd like you to keep in contact with like what we what news we're giving out during the course of the week, we have a Twitter which is at in the name of game and that's where I post all the podcast uh, links. Uh, we have a Facebook group, which is just In the Name of Game, where we post kind of random news about games throughout the week. And um, we also have a website, which is in the game.com where you can listen to our podcasts, as well as subscribe on iTunes, so you don't even have to go to our website at all. Um, it's a lot of different ways to contact us. So don't forget, nameofgamepodcasts.gmail.com, if you'd like to enter to win the Journal of Master Nost Dral. So, yeah. Anyway. That's our show for this week. Thanks all for listening. Um, Have a great week. Have a lot of fun playing games. Try The Source Filmmaker, but don't make porn. Thank you, guys. (laughs) See you. Bye-bye.
2: Bye.